Welcome to the Books Brothers Podcast, where each week we read, discuss, and challenge each other to become better men and have a few laughs in the process. The Books Brothers are currently reading The Mask of Masculinity, how men can embrace vulnerability, create strong relationships, and live their lives to the fullest, written by Lewis Howes. This week we'll be discussing what I would call one of the most instinctual parts of being a man, appearing to be strong, dominant, and an alpha. Words like alpha and beta seem to be thrown around a lot, with the general understanding that an alpha male leads and beta male follows. But I wonder, as men living in the modern world, are we simple enough to boil our beliefs and behaviors down to instinctual, animalistic traits that you might hear about on National Geographic? Well, unfortunately for many men, it appears yes. We get trapped into believing that we have to be alpha all the time or else. Or else what? That is the question we're going to try to answer today. What happens when we throw these black and white beliefs about masculinity aside and embrace our identity as something more nuanced? As always, we would love it if you shared your thoughts by emailing us at connect at booksbrotherspodcast.com. So I'm not leading this chapter because I'm the alpha of our group, by the way. I'm actually leading this one because I want to ask the true alpha in our group all the questions. And since Flesner is a savage animal in the gym, he's obviously <laughs> got to be the alpha. So Flez, tell me about how you got your bench press to be so high. And tell me about your chest hair. You know, all those guys out there for, you know, like, they only have hair on their nipples, nowhere in between. Like, you know, what is it? 2% milk? Is it, the, is it the bread crust? Like, what do you do, man? Man, these are really different angles. All sorts of different See, questions See, Matt needs here. your help, dude. I mean, the, the inspiration for the chest hair was obviously Austin Powers. I mean, I was young. He's the you ultimate know. alpha. I'm glad you brought him up. I mean, I was young. Yeah. I mean, that really had a big influence on my childhood. You know? Have you ever shaped <laughs> your chest hair into the shape of the heart? <laughs> Mr. Valentine's Day. Show your feminine side. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, baby. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, uh,. Anyway, Lewis starts this chapter off by summarizing what he learned about alphas during his interview with FBI negotiator Chris Voss, which was one of the episodes on Lewis's School of Greatness podcast. And Chris mentions that when negotiating with alpha types or assertive personalities, which tend to be the ones that I guess he encountered during hostage situations and high-stake criminal activities, you have to realize what actually motivates them. And interestingly, I didn't realize this, but they care most about having control over others, number one, having those people respect them as the alpha, number two. And then finally, whatever they're telling you they want is like the third thing on the list, which I guess when you think about it, makes sense. But it seems like this type of personality mostly cares about dominating others and being in control. What bothers them most is feeling like their status is being downgraded. And this usually leads them to want to face off with their challenger to preserve their ego and prove themselves the true alpha. Lewis tells the story about how he fought somebody during a pickup basketball game and beat them up without even really thinking. This was a big regret for him in his life. Alpha type behavior invariably leads otherwise good men to make stupid mistakes. And it's super childish, right? Who cares about a basketball game? 
Why does being alpha even matter? How many times will we see grown men act like children, their egos being totally in control? What comes to mind for me is things like road rage, fights that you see pretty commonly at things like sporting events or other public events. People who seemingly can't stand being wrong and kind of freak out in public or yell at somebody, you know, they're not very kind. So I'll open it up to you guys. Do you guys have any stories about when you witnessed foolish alpha behavior? And if it was actually you acting like an alpha, that's bonus points. Garrett playing uh, Exploding Kittens in Steamboat, Colorado. Oh, what? <laughs> what is the story? I need to hear more about the story. Oh, we were just hanging around the fire, just enjoying a nice uh, evening after skiing. And we decided to play Exploding Kittens and it got very intense. And Garrett was finding himself in a position where he was about to lose the game. And he did lose the game and he managed to grab the rules. I don't know if he was uh, referencing the rules to make sure that a rule was actually correct before he admitted final defeat. But he then crumpled up my rules. It was a brand new <laughs> you know, deck of cards, brand new rule thing, threw it against the wall and uh, walked out and cried. <laughs> The last bit of it was made up. The walkout. <laughs> Garrett, any, any defenses to this, Garrett? I I actually don't really remember that, but it's probably <laughs> you're lying. I I, <laughs> I do remember playing exploding kittens, and I do remember getting upset that we lost or that I lost. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, so an actual story here. The last time that I experienced uh, foolish alpha behavior, so we were. This was in, when I was in Italy and we were waiting in line to go to the papal audience, which is basically where the Pope addresses the whole world. And it was jammed, packed wall to wall people. You basically have to go through airport security. And we were, it was raining. So like people were super close to each other, like huddled up under umbrellas. And there was like some Argentinian dude and his mom and grandpa and something, but we were essentially like super close to this guy and he turned around and started to freak out on me because he thought that I was intentionally pushing his grandpa. And Mm. I was like, dude, what? I'm not pushing your grand. He was like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? And I was like, bro, I'm not pushing your grandpa. And I was there like with the group. My priest was right in front of me. Obviously I'm going there to like, have a an experience to meet the Pope and, and all those things. But there was a part of me that definitely like held back because th- I mean, this dude wanted to fight and he had no like backing because I wasn't pushing his grandpa. And it was just really funny to watch like an alpha get so fired up acting like he's going to like punch some stranger when we're literally like shoulder to shoulder, like sardines. And it just made me realize that like how much that, yeah, I wanted to like bite back, but how foolish this guy looked the whole time. He just came across looking like a fool in front of all of us. And I don't know, it was a kind of sad thing to witness. Good for you for not reacting though, Rob. I guess there's nothing like a visit to the uh, old Yeah, boat. I think with age, you definitely realize that um, you kind of write those people <laughs> off. Brings out the yeah. alpha mask, man. You needed your alpha male friend there with you to take him down for you. <laughs> <laughs> <Come on. laughs> 
He goes, there's nothing like a visit to, to the old Pope. <laughs> that is weird. That's wild. I can't believe that happened there. Honestly, that's that really yeah, shocked it's, me. It's, all places. it's so surprising. Yeah. That really yeah. shocked me. That he would yeah, do that. Yeah, I don't know. On his it way was, to see the Pope. Right. Like you're going to go fight somebody right before you go there. I mean, wanted to get one last in before he could do the, his biggest confession ever. <laughs> he knew there was grace immediately available. True. Christian jokes. I mean, yeah. Christian jokes. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Rob, I have a similar story, though. I was at a concert a couple of years ago, and it was one of those big music festival type things where you can sit on the lawn. And so everybody's on the lawn. We're all like sitting in our respective areas. Nobody's like organizing where people are sitting and everybody sits kind of in a line at this little, I guess it's like a, a hill and people were trying to get through, I guess, behind us. And so me and my wife are sitting there and this guy I guess he was trying to get through and we thought he was thought we were trying to block him. And so he like gets through and turns around and calls my wife a name. Pretty rude name. Mm. Because I guess she was like swaying with the music and he thought she was trying to like keep him from getting through or something. I don't know. But we were totally blindsided by it. And uh, I think the guy was drunk or whatever, you know. But some rando just disrespecting my wife like that really made me want to get physical and he was just some kid, right? I mean, it would have been just silly to get physical, but like there's an innate need to prove yourself or to get revenge or whatever you want to call it for a lot of men. And I think back to that moment and I'm like, man, if I would have been less controlled and maybe even less sober, I don't know. A lot of times that has a big effect on what guys do. How would my reaction have differed and, and would it have been something that really turned into a big deal, a big negative thing for my life and something I would have been really um, regretful of, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's yeah. probably a lot of stories like that where we almost do something, mm -hmm. but we're controlled enough not to. I don't know. I guess when I think of an alpha, I think of somebody that is like very dangerous, but measures even more self-restraint. Like they're more disciplined even than they are dangerous. Like they have the ability to like take somebody down, but they don't because they're so much more disciplined. And I mean, it, it is kind of interesting to think about in general to call someone alpha is is a negative term. Yeah. Though, you know, an alpha. I don't know about you all. I think of a wolf when I think of that, like a wolf pack. And to be alpha is good. It's interesting, though, that when we like relate it to people, that it's a negative trait. Yeah, I think this is a societal thing. It's just a cultural thing, making an alpha out to be negative. But mm -hmm. it just depends on how you spin out what a, how you define the word. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I was just going to say, when I think of the guy in the crowd at, you know, that Rob was talking about, I don't think of that person as an alpha. I think of that as like a childish, like, just mm -hmm. wimp, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not an alpha male to me. Like, an alpha is somebody yeah. that's like something like actually bad happens and they take action that's you know what i mean like uh but like taking down somebody like that's like childish yeah 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 it's a good clarification i think in the context of the book yeah he's talking right. about like right these these things that are alpha that like kind of get the best of us in a negative way 
Yeah, for sure. Through, through our like lack of lack of control, our lack of strength, um, our determination to like beat someone else, um, like not necessarily physically, but even just competitively in a game or whatever. I'm just gonna say I don't really relate to that type of the alpha mask that you were just referring to, Rob. Thomas, you mentioned earlier, one of the things that came to mind for you was people who can't stand being wrong and freak out. I identify more with that one. I have a hard time when people tell me that I'm doing something wrong and I I feel like I am capable of doing it well. So for example, when Lucy was a newborn and just crying through the night, Emily and I were both low on sleep. So we're already sleep deprived and maybe not in the best moods because it's the middle of the night. She'd been crying for a long time and I offered to go in and try to get her to calm down and, you know, doing all the things that I know how to do that I had done before. And like five minutes later, Emily walks in. She's like, I'll just do it. Let me, let me have her. And I got mad. I, I was like, no, I can do this. Yeah. And it's situations like that where I, I feel like I need to lash out and prove that I am capable and I don't need anyone's help. Yeah, I get that. I guess yeah. that's the most I identify for the most part with the alpha mask. The other example that came to mind as I was reading through these questions is Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> because I definitely <laughs> felt like I was Matt. the... Can you explain it? I was the alpha when playing Super Smash oh, Brothers. Oh, for sure. <laughs> for you sure. were like you were like AI though. You were like you know <laughs> not really human playing against us. You know, wasn't fair. Exactly. So <laughs> that's why I felt like I was the alpha. And if I lost, then I would definitely be mad. But Matt, who was your character? Oh, you did choose? you ever? It depends on oh, which version of Super Smash Bros. it was. Well, we played Brawl mostly. in Melee. It was. Yeah, in Melee, it was Falco. and Brawl, it was it varied. Probably Samus was in number one. Mm. In my prime, Cheater. I could confidently say that I can beat anyone in my circle of friends or people that I know if we played two out of three times. I would. I, I don't would think win. you ever. I don't know, man. I don't think you ever took me down the ice ice climbers. <laughs> Everybody as ice climbers. I, all I remember is like one of them. ice climbers, and if one of them fell off the cliff and the other didn't, he would say, "My wife, my wife." <laughs> the, that's the only like the back to back to kind of the initial question. The only thing that I was kind of that I really like related to with this or that I could think of is, you know how other guys in like our age group in particular, it, it feels like sometimes they'll kind of posture about things, whether it be about like their job or their home or something where they're kind of like trying to be superior. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. One uppers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my, my way of like, kind of like then, I don't know. Cause you feel like you're being challenged with that. And like, maybe that's what we're talking about with like the alpha mask here. I feel like I've got, I've improved on this, but I always joke with Ruth that in those kind of situations, like the best response that you can have to another guy who's doing something like that is to call him Bud or Buddy. Give him an all right, Buddy. <laughs> and I've like told Ruth that before. Those are fighting words. Those are fighting words. <laughs> if you ever really want to, really want to tick a guy off, 
just be like, all right, buddy. <laughs> or pal. But like just to just to drive that home though, I, I was about to go into a, a restaurant earlier this week and as I was or last week, and as I was walking in, the guy was like, Hey buddy, hey buddy. And I kind of like turned around and I'm like angry already. And he's like, We closed tonight at this time. And I knew I had looked at the time and I, I knew that wasn't right. And I, I feel like in a normal scenario, if he would have just said, Hey man, we're closed. Like we had to close early. I would have like responded very normally, but I responded like in a passive aggressive way. And I was like, but this is what this says here. And honestly, probably just the yeah. fact that he called me buddy <laughs> is like what set off that like a little bit of like frustration. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be lying if I said that didn't bother me too. Oh, I think it bothers all of us. Yeah. You didn't turn around and say, yeah, well, yeah. I'm eating in your restaurant tonight, so you're staying open. <laughs> Pal. <laughs> Pal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is subconscious stuff. Like, I do yeah. I do wonder, Matt, when you were trying to, it was late, and, you know, you were trying to do that, what insecurity was it that set you off, you think? Was it like, someone thinks I can't do this? Or that I'm not a, a good dad or something like that. Like what belief? Because there's, a, I think a lot of these things are subconscious because there's an insecurity attached to it that we all as men know, hey, I really shouldn't be like this or I, I don't want to identify as that guy. So I have to be passive aggressive or I have to react. Yeah, I think all of those things that you mentioned, Thomas, uh, probably the insecurity of wanting to be a good dad yeah. And not feeling capable in that moment. And I was trying to do Emily a favor by letting her sleep. And you know, I'm I'm the one losing sleep over this. So just let me help you. Um, that kind of situation. And then she walked in and was like, No, you're the way I perceived it, she was like, You're not capable of doing this. Let me do it. I can do it better than you. Just give up. And that doesn't make me feel very yeah. good. You know, it feels like I've failed in that moment and kind of failed at being a good dad because yeah. I should be good at those things yeah. at this point, at that point. And speaking as a you know newer father, Daphne's four months old, that story is very relatable, Matt. And I don't know if you felt this way, like whenever your girls were young, but in those situations, because I've had those same situations play out and I know I know that Ruth is going to do a better job than me. I know it. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, she's for the sure. Mom, right in that age, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you don't want to come across as aunt. <laughs> like I don't know, and maybe maybe it has something to do with how there is the stereotype that men are more absent as fathers. I mean, that's maybe something that plays in the back of my head with that. Yeah, G money. I mean, I don't know what the bonus points are. That was in the original question, but <laughs> you know, that story about exploding kittens is funny, but it's also just kind of embarrassing. And I'm thinking back to Labor Day, I uh, was playing a card game, another card game, and it was like a, a pairs game. And yeah, I got bothered that Brooke and I weren't on the same page and we lost. And I think I'm just kind of like thinking about this and I'm like, man, why do I? care about this kind of stuff or even like fantasy football. I've thought about not playing next year, just in terms of like how much I can just look at my phone during a Sunday and get upset if a player doesn't perform. And I don't know. I think even like right before this, 
Brooke and I just had a disagreement. She said something that hurt my feelings and I just snapped and it's like, man, when am I going to grow up? Yeah. I mean, it's like, haha, we can just cut that exploding kitten story, but it's like, gosh, it's, it's really happened and it's really silly and foolish. That's what this book's been about. It's been reflective. It's been a tough one to process some chapters more than others, some masks more than others. But yeah, I, I don't know why every time I play a game, I like have to win. Right. And, uh, there's a, probably a lot of insecurities when we listen to the episodes that drop, you know, the Joker mask was the one that released today. And there's a lot of like context of, you know, we've already talked about other masks. So they're not like independent. They kind of interweave and flow, yeah. but sports joking, the identity of wanting to fit in and dominate. And it's like, if I, I, I think a lot, this is what I process a lot in marriage counseling, but is the concept of, am I good enough? Mm. Like at, at a baseline. Mm. Sometimes I think I've shared it earlier before we started recording, but sometimes I feel like I've underperformed as a, as a person. Like mm. I kind of, I kind of joke, but I kind of am not joking. I feel like I kind of peaked in college in terms of my output or my performance potential, whether it was leadership in various organizations on campus, whether it was grades, whether it was, you name it, competitions. And then, um, haven't felt like I've lived up to the bill of that trajectory that I was on. So if I can like win a game or if I can be the best in whatever situation from an athletic competition or freaking card games, like exploding kittens. I mean, how embarrassing is it to say that name in the same sentence? Exploding. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, it is funny. I mean, I think, I don't know, to, to compliment you and to encourage you in that, Garrett, there's a lot of good attributes that are in that too, right? You're someone who likes to succeed. You're someone who likes to do well. And I think that, yeah, I mean, as you're reflecting on it, it's like, obviously, anytime you're pursuing something with deepness and passion, there is the possible of like it, I don't know, like going too far, or that kind of thing. And so I think that to encourage you, I mean, like, I think you're a very passionate person. You're someone who does put a lot of work into things. You're someone who does strive for success in a way that most people that I know don't strive for success in the way you do. Something that I encourage you in that. Obviously, I know it's like, it sounds like something you're really wanting to work on and trying to work on um, some of those things. That's no, part I appreciate of your, that. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure, Garrett. Thanks for the vulnerability, man. I apologize if uh, if I'm resorting to the Joker mask where I'm saying, hey, man, it was it was just a joke because I do. You know, I know that there was some emotion behind that after that where you, you felt remorse. So obviously to bring it up again probably isn't super fair, especially given that. No, it has nothing. It has nothing to do with you. It's just the fact that I'm like, oh, that happened like three, four years ago, but I was still 30 years old. And it's like, oh. You know, like, I don't know. You you want to grow. And yeah. obviously it's... But don't let that, don't let that growing, set you back, dude. You've made... No, no, no. no. I think what I'm saying is there's a lot of things, recency bias. So it's like... Oh, that, yeah, that, yeah. that just happened that just happened a few weeks ago just a different yeah. a different card game yeah. do you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. and so yeah. it's like golly like what am i doing i think that's what yeah. i'm saying it's nothing for you to feel better apologize. it's real life like it, it happened you know i gotta take an l and, and grow but i mean that's that's the point of this book right is like it's the process and it's to hopefully grow so yeah. if i if i can't handle some tough love like not apologizing when asked when confronted 
about how I hurt someone's feelings in college. Right. Well, or, <laughs> or, you know, just getting upset about a game. It's like, yeah, I no, got it. Not a game. <laughs> well, so. out of the six of us, you know, raise your hand if you like losing. <laughs> but honestly, like, what is it about winning that is, it makes us so? Because, I mean, I know between my wife and I, when we play games, she says stuff sometimes that I feel embarrassed about. Like, oh, yeah, I don't know if I want to play a game with you because if you're if you don't win, you kind of get mad or you're in a bad mood after you lose or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, man, how yeah. old am I? Like, I do, I do feel kind of like you sometimes, Garrett, where I'm just like, why am I yeah. just about a game called, what is it called? Something about unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, even just it on that. And unicorns. Maybe there's a theme here. After watching the after watching that Chiefs game last night, I'm I was like, why do I why do I care? Why do I watch these games? Because I found myself being so yeah. like down and frustrated after that game yesterday. And I was like, why? And yeah. it was funny. Ruth was like, well, I'm happy to see that you're a Chiefs fan now. I'm like, I don't I don't even like football. Hey, that is a plus. I'm like, I don't even like football that much. Like, why am I watching this game and why do I care? Garrett, if I may, I remember you kind of going off quite a bit when we played sports in high school and college. There were several times where you would just get so angry. And I think that's when I've heard you cuss the most Mm. is in sports. And for you, it seems like alpha and the athlete mask kind of coincide. Yeah. Because, yeah, it just comes out during athletics, during competition. And there were several times where playing indoor volleyball for the fraternity intramurals, you would just get so mad. And then everyone watching the game be like, whoa, whoa, Garrett, calm down, man. (laughs) (laughs) But all that to say, I think you have come a long way. And even in in college, like you recognize that it was kind of unhealthy. The way you're doing that. And I remember you just like feeling so much regret afterwards. Be like, man, I I just got to get better. And in a way, there's something admirable about it because now we can tell that you're passionate about something and you're wanting to get better as a person, as an athlete. Before the Chiefs Eagles game this week, the announcers were talking about how Jalen Hurts, he said, if he's not winning, he's learning. Mm. And I feel like, that applies to you in that situation as well. well I guess so. Jalen didn't learn this week. <laughs> oh, that's right. He's not learning this week. <laughs> to circle it back to the question you asked, Thomas, I, th- I think it goes back to what I shared earlier. For me, I don't know about others. I think the core question is, am I, am I enough? Am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Am I good enough in my relationship with my significant other or spouse? Am I good enough? As a father, right? It's like, no, I can do this. Uh, if you're going to take over, that means I'm not good enough. You all correct me if I'm wrong. Those are my experiences. No, I follow that. If you're going to therapy, that's what I've uncovered is that is like one of, if not the biggest core issue mm-hmm. is, am I good enough? And if I can win, if I can change the diaper calmly while the kid's screaming and get him back to sleep, if I can win the argument, right? Like he talks about that, then that can mask the insecurity and make me feel in the short term that I'm enough. So I think that that would be my answer to your question, Thomas. I think a lot of people identify with that. I do. 
true. And it's funny because the scale on which enough is enough for a man, if it's set by the world around you instead of by some internal principle that you have about what it means to be a good man, then you're always going to have some form of the alpha mask on chasing that reassurance. And it's like the more you put the alpha mask on and try to exhibit control on the outside world, which you can't even control in the first place, the more frustrated you're going to get. And I think that's the point that Lewis tries to make for this chapter. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Are you tired of people trying to set you up with unsuitable mates? Do you find yourself saying he or she looks nice when said people are talking about or showing you pictures of someone they want to see to set you up with that you know deep down won't work? Now introducing future spouse inventory cards. These cards are like business cards, except they contain basic non-negotiables regarding religious views, who they voted for, likes and dislikes, and physical trait requirements. Hand these out to those annoying family members or coworkers (laughs) so they can really work for you. Future spouse inventory cards. It takes an army to find your spouse. (laughs) I love it. That's actually a really good idea. It's actually a really good idea. And now back to the show. So I was just going to move on to the second part. So we've all seen the caricature of the stereotypical alpha man who leans heavily on being alpha all the time to cover for some sort of insecurity. And there's a few different ways that I feel like this guy is typically portrayed. The first one is the ultra physical guy who uses his strength physically as a way to hide some other weakness. Extreme behaviors that a lot of men get into, uh, such as crazy workouts, steroids, solitary, kind of the gym rat lifestyle. I feel like those are all kind of signs of guys who might lean on the alpha mask too much as far as being physical. I know in college, I was always in the gym and I think I I think I boosted my own uh, ego quite a bit by being the guy who's always in the gym. I know Flez and I were, and Rob, you know, we were always working out together. So I don't know, Flez, you have any points to make on that? I know that that's something that you've, you've probably got more experience than I do. Yeah. I mean, this is all stuff I've had to work on and counseling and just on my own. Whenever I want to like figure something out and I know I have a problem with it, I get very hyper-focused until I just run it to the ground. <laughs> and I kind of did that with some of this kind of stuff. When you look at somebody who gets into like the gym and like I get really into like getting bigger and stronger on the outside, it's a lot of times it's like they're trying to control something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, I didn't have a strong father figure. Okay. Right. I had a weird, and so like for me... Getting really strong in the gym was like, I'm a strong person now. Like I am almost trying to do the opposite of that. You know, it's like you're, you don't want to go that route. So you go the opposite, which is also not healthy because then you get involved in anabolic into like anabolic steroids. Cause then it just becomes an addiction itself, <laughs> but that's very common. A lot of guys that, yeah. that go that far with these things have that kind of a background. Hmm. and it's just masking that lack of an emotional father figure in your life and i i envy you guys for that because i feel like you guys all have had that and uh, uh you know i struggle with depression a lot still but it's not as bad but it's one of those things where i'm like man like 
I feel like if I have a kid one day, I am going to be the best. But like when I have those thoughts, it gets, I get even more depressed because it's like, (laughs) I might not, (laughs) maybe that's good. I don't know. But, um, so yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, like it's easy to look at somebody that's like portraying these alpha behaviors and totally dismiss them. But we, I mean, you have to realize like people act certain ways for certain reasons. And I also think though, for me, I don't think that anybody thought that I was an asshole when I was like really in the prime of powerlifting. It's not like I was the alpha like guy screaming and like being a dick. No, I just like, it was more the, just uh, the control. I was actually a very calm lifter. I never screamed or anything on the platform. It was just the literal strength. That made me feel like I had something. I don't know. But these are things that I'm still working on to this day that uh, are going to be something that I have to continually remind myself that our fathers are not God, you know? Yeah. Like your your dads aren't God. Even though you (laughs) had like scientifically, like you guys probably like have like that emotional parent there that is a need that is met. But like that person could still fail you any day, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And so like I, I humanizing that, that experience is extremely helpful. And this is why I relate to Goggins and those guys a lot more than you guys probably can because his background <laughs> is worse than mine. His dad was <laughs> beating his mom and all kinds of crazy stuff. And I don't mm-hmm. know like entirely what happened when I was really young, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's 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 easy to kind of take. That's why, like, sometimes I was getting frustrated with this book. A because it's really tough. This is a hard book. This is a really really hard book for somebody that struggles with a lot of stuff. But it's also people deal with things in different ways, and I think that's okay. And I think someone that has experienced like a lot of different things when they were younger may cope in different ways. And I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's, you remember in do hard things and they talked about like bulldozing through problems and how that wasn't healthy and you need to like sit and react and respond instead of react. And I agree with those things, but it's not like sometimes like it's just almost impossible for somebody with a lot of trauma to be able to do that. This is a thought I had too. actually then thinking about Goggins is like, uh, you know, like how does somebody feel grateful about life? I think um, you kind of like do something outside of your comfort zone type thing. What do you think about like your comfort zone? Like when you grew up in like an environment like Goggins, like that's what do you do to be in your comfort zone? Yeah. What do, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like, what do you do to make yourself uncomfortable to have gratitude towards things? You know what I mean? Oh. So like that person has mm. to push himself really freaking hard physically. And, you know, he has to like have these trials yeah. where he forces himself to go be a wildland firefighter, even though he's a millionaire because he's just too comfortable. Like yeah. he's a millionaire, you know, I get that. I have those feelings like there's a quote, I forget. It's like uh, success is like the killer of men or like something like that. It's like makes success makes weak men or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it's human nature. And I think you made a really good point when you said that just because you were um, 
a calm lifter and you weren't very outward about the way that you poured yourself into fitness specifically and getting stronger doesn't mean you weren't still heavily reliant on that as a mask of some sort, right? Like the alpha mask doesn't have to be outward. It's about how we think about ourselves inwardly too, mostly actually. Yeah. Yeah. And I still struggle with the alpha mask today differently. I will say this is the only single man here. The second your relationship becomes a competition, it's over. So like the, there's no competition mm-hmm. in a relationship. Like, but that's the problem with dating now is it's like, is the guy winning or is the girl winning? I think. Success has killed more men than bullets. That is a good quote. That's something where like, I feel like I'm almost there. I think I talked about this in an earlier episode about how like a woman wants to feel protected, but she also wants to feel like you can open up and talk to her at the same time and be, you know, aware of your emotions. It's a tough balancing act. And the thing that I struggle with the most is um, the fear of no longer being the provider. Like the like a recent example of my job loss. <laughs> right now, I like am. I don't feel like I am worthy. If that makes yeah, I mean, like as a man, like I am no longer worthy. You know. Yeah, I, I understand that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my resume is amazing. Like, I mean, I am a great guy. Like. All the girls I've dated have nothing but good things. Like, it, there's like, but it's internal of I can't be loved unless I'm winning and I, you know, succeeding and have a good job, you know, or I'm like a, you know, like a big title, like medical device sales rep, you know, like I think that sounds sexy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe cut that part out because I do kind of want another job there. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, do you know what I, I mean? Uh, yeah, I totally, I totally get what you mean. Next, you know, you mentioned, I feel like you mentioned being employed or providing or whatever and having a certain title. Next time you try to compare yourself to somebody with a, a, t- a big title, think about what their day-to-day actually feels like and ask like... Mm. Do I even want that? That sounds awful. You know, like some of these jobs that you think about where people get paid a whole lot of money or, you know, everybody's envious of them or whatever. Like even me comparing myself to a guy that has like a Lamborghini, for example, I would never want to park that anywhere in public because I would be so afraid someone would scratch it. I'd be like so paranoid going into the (laughs) store or like walking into the gas station and leaving it for 30 seconds. Like I don't want a Lamborghini, but why do we all think, uh, yeah. Like why do we all think like, Oh, we're not the man. Cause we're not that. It's like funny thinking about like the, the, the guy who drives the Lamborghini still every once in a while has to go get gas at like a really seedy gas station, you know, (laughs) like you see a Lamborghini in like the hood at a gas station. But here's the thing for me is it's not about the money. It's not about the money for me. I don't even care. I don't even like manage my own. I don't even look at it. Like it's not about the money. It's about the, it's about the win. That's what it's about for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's about like, like I can, it's like a hard title to have. And I can, I can be that. Like I worked hard to be able to, to get into that kind of role, I guess. I don't know. I would never buy a Lamborghini, even if I had millions of dollars. I would probably buy a jet ski or something. For a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a simple guy. I'm a simple guy. <laughs> what is it? 
I'd buy an El Camino. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, you know what I mean though. Like, there's this subconscious <laughs> feeling that you get when you watch one drive by, where you're just like, "Oh man, I wonder what that guy does." Yeah. And yeah, sure, you don't want it, yeah. but but he has yeah. a certain level of power where everyone gives him attention all the time, yeah. and yeah. you're like, yeah. "Man, I guess I guess he's important." Look at everybody watching him drive by. Yeah. So this is this is something that yeah. uh, I think the question is: In what way do you identify with being most alpha? I think in my past, I've definitely like I, I would say that I've moved away from this, but just reflecting on it, it's now become a pet peeve of mine. Um, where in the past it would have been like, "Please ask me this question," and it's like you meet somebody, and the first thing they say is. What do you do? What do you mean? Yeah. What do yeah, I do? I do a lot of things. Are you, are you asking like how I spend my time? What are my hobbies? 10 times out of 10, they want to know where, like, what do you do for work? Where do you work? And so much of like coming mm-hmm. out of college, I was quickly to answer that question because I mean, I was very fortunate to work for a fortune 50 company right out of college and feel like it set my career up well. And I was, please ask me, I'll tell you that I work at Caterpillar. We make big yellow machines, if you don't already know, and we do all these crazy things and we're all over the world, blah, blah, blah. Right. And you just recognize that it's like politically correct. It's a member measuring contest. It's like, you see all these guys standing in a room and they're like, where do you work? And one guy's like, Oh, I, I sell insurance. And then another guy's like, oh, I work at this whatever company. And then, you know, somebody like me is like, Our, I work at, right, buddy. I work at Harley <laughs> Davidson. I work at John Deere, right? It's all these like big companies that I used to put my identity in. And I think that over the years, it kind of segued way away from those companies. But I, it's now I realize that my identity getting back to some of the things that you were talking about, Flez, like it's, it's not, it's not derived from where I work. Yeah. It's a good portion of my time that is dedicated to this company, this cause, whatever. But like my identity is not where I go and make money. Right. And I'm realizing that so much more that I, I genuinely get like annoyed if someone like it's an immediate turnoff, if somebody's like, so what do you do? And it's like, dude, ask me about like who I am. Don't ask yeah. me where I work. Yeah. Um, I, it's, I it's feel deep. like I used to ask that a lot too. It's, um, it's deeper than it's deeper than this too, though, for me, it's an abandonment wound for me as well. You know, if I'm making a lot of money, then I, the, there's no fear that I'm going to be left by whoever I'm with, or there's no fear that I'm going to die or like, you know, that's just like a, it's a thing that I am really struggling with still that has got getting better, but it's, uh, that's a childhood thing, but it's also a, <laughs> I was that I had that title, that medical sales title. And I was like, you know, I kind of want to like try to do my own thing, like fitness thing. And tried to like get away from that and tried to like, and I was like made some bad decisions and had some mental health stuff in there too. So that entire like situation there is kind of added in some of my issues around, around money and my job title. But 
it's not just the Lamborghini. It's the, I'm the protector of the, like, I'm not going to get left by a woman because I make a good amount of money. You know, that's what mm-hmm. it is for me. And that's why I pushed away. I really did. Cause I, I just assumed that she wasn't attracted to me anymore. And I felt less attracted to myself is really what I'm like, really unconfident. And I like yeah. literally like, yeah. yeah. So I think that that comes from probably something we all believe deep down that we've been taught by whatever in our life. But as a man, if you are making a lot of money, you are somehow worth more than the next man. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's not true, but we ask the question, what do you do? And the answer makes us feel a certain way. Or someone asked us and uh, our answer makes us feel a certain way, negative or positive. And you said it is kind of a member measuring contest at that point, because we have a lot of emotion wrapped up in these sort of meaningless measuring sticks. Thanks for opening up, Flood. Okay. Anybody else has like, what, what else, who else identifies with being an alpha a certain way? I feel like I have made a lot of jokes at the expense of other people. And it's like the Joker mask that we talked about where I know deep down, I want it to be perceived as lighthearted, but a lot of things, things are funny. A lot of times things are funny because they're a little bit true. And I think in the past, I've been a little bit less concerned about how that make my, that might make people feel than I should be, you know? One way to really break down an alpha is outside of saying buddy is commenting (laughs) on any sort of muscle mass loss. Like, hey, man, <laughs> you're, you're, you're kind of skinny. You're and it's skinny. Like, Dude, that's just yeah. a, a shot to the heart. Did you heart. start doing the elliptical or something? Did you lose some weight? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you must not be alpha because the real alpha knows they're not getting smaller. Yeah. yeah <laughs> alpha himself this morning. <laughs> did, you, did you guys have like those... Those cousins, like older cousins that like watch you kind of grow up more and they're like, dang, man, you got really big. And like, you know, every yeah. Thanksgiving, Christmas, they'd like comment on like how big you were looking. But then there are always like these younger cousins that were, you know, on the up no. and up. And then now they're getting all the attention and you've like kind of fallen back. Like you're, you don't place your identity in that as much. Like clearly you're not as buff as you once were. And then you're like, shoot, man, like now these younger cousins, they kind of, they've taken over, you know? I mean, Rob, are you still doing your bicep routine or? <laughs> he gets a up? pump before so Rob, podcast. what do you do, buddy? <laughs> His internet froze. It actually didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to avoid the question. Got him. Got him. Dude, I scared Wolf so bad. Good old Google Fiber, dude. <laughs> it helps you avoid hard questions. <laughs> you guys, you guys were just sitting there like, uh, when's he gonna say something? No, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was good, Rob. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Are you a klutz and fall into potholes? Do you miss steps because you're constantly sidetracked or not aware of your surroundings? Now introducing, hey, look up dummy shoes. These shoes are equipped with forward-looking technology that alert you of upcoming dangers. 
These shoes holler, hey, look up, dummy, when peril is on the horizon. Never stub a tub never stub a toe again with hey look up dummy shoes. Stub a toe. Dude, you should pair it with a Bluetooth app that sends a notification to your phone. So when you're looking at your phone. <laughs> you know, hey you dummy. Dude, I needed that in Missouri State when I ran into that uh walked straight into that uh, parking sign in front of Hammonds. Have you guys ever done that? I've had, I feel like everybody's done that at least once. Now back to the show. I thought this quote was, I don't know if this was a quote from the book, but he mentioned this isn't the jungle. We're not fighting to the death for status and respect in reference to the athlete mask. And I feel like that's kind of what it feels the like sometimes mask. where, yeah, the alpha mask is all about like these instincts that we have that we don't check often enough. And they lead mm. us to do stupid stuff because mm. maybe one at one point being overly aggressive and overreacting for respect or so somebody, you know, wouldn't threaten you was useful in our society. That was a long time ago. You know, these days there's there's no good place for that in your life. Mm. So I know earlier Garrett was talking about some stuff that, you know, makes folks feel ashamed. And it's like you can only feel it as ashamed as you can take personal responsibility. And then beyond that, you have to agree, like there are some things that are just really hard for dudes to handle and parts of this mask. It's nothing to be ashamed of because it's kind of like built into us. And as long as we harness these things the right way, it's uh, it's actually a really good thing to use these things to our advantage. And that brings me kind of to the end of this, which is when Lewis mentions what he called the evolved alpha and sort of a quote that I feel like summed this up was being the man isn't the same as being a good man. So an evolved alpha looks like a man who's well-rounded. He has a mission. He has changed his perspective on what it means to be an alpha in today's world, choosing to use those masculine instincts in a way that suits him and the people around him. This connects him to others in a way that makes them feel happy to follow his lead and be part of his team. Being evolved is as much as who you are and what you achieve. An empowered alpha communicates effectively with all the other men and women in their life to lead well so that everyone on their team wins together and feels accepted. I guess I would just encourage people to think about win-wins in their life, how they can still be the hero to others while empowering them. Not everyone else has to lose for you to win. After all, we're all in this together, and there's a lot more that unites us rather than divides us. And you don't always have to think of things as my way or the highway. And I think this is what, Fuzz, you were referencing earlier when you were talking about your perspective on an alpha is not the same as kind of how the the book made it out to be as as all negative and everything. Yeah, jump the gun on that, I guess. No, that's that's good though. I mean, it's good to have probably that perspective of it because then you could try to live up to it. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm an empowered alpha, but I do think that. <laughs> but I do, I do can, I can relate to this, and that you know, being a more well-rounded is not a bad thing. You know, you know, going from like only caring about powerlifting to, I just kind of like going to the gym and pulling out my notes app and this is what I'm going to do today. It's what I started doing this week and it's been kind of fun versus it's like, nope, X, Y, Z, exactly. No matter what, not going to go on a hike. Cause that's going to mess with my squat session tomorrow. 
No. Gotta like, do 120 like kegels before I leave. <laughs> no, it's like I like hiking. I like, you know, meditating for 40 minutes a day. I like, you know, hanging out with my family. I like, for some reason, I like coming on here and talking to you goofballs. Um, <laughs> reading, learning, yeah. you know, using my brain again. Just like yeah. traveling, getting to enjoy life and uh, meet meet amazing women too. And actually have good conversations with women and be more open and vulnerable. It's a good thing. But uh, those are things that you guys think this. You guys think this mask (laughs) affects women a lot? I mean, maybe in comparison to some of the other masks, because it kind of walls a lot of guys off from being honest or vulnerable. I mean, us impressing other men isn't the only way that we're alpha. I think it's hard to speak for the opposite sex in this situation. Yeah. Because we just don't know. But I think it also would depend on the person, the woman, and her upbringing, her beliefs, mm-hmm. and what she's looking for in men. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think deep very, down that was inside, very generalized. That's the question. Because yeah. this is all about how do, like, men or women want vulnerability. Like, they want at least. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, maybe some of them just want fun and a good time. And I guess, yeah. Some women probably buy into the same lies that we do about alphas. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of women that don't actually want uh, good guys. They just want to be with Hugh Hefner's of the world. <laughs> so I guess you're right, Matt. Who knows? Yeah. There was a, a good quote in here on page 206, and he's quoting someone else. His name is Matt. I forget his last name. But he says, women are attracted to the guy who will be gentle with her and look after her and make her feel safe, open up to her emotionally and talk to her, while at the same time being a fighter when he needs to be. Mm-hmm. That's the guy who she thinks is a god. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, I think. I think that so. probably covers exactly. 90, 90% of women, too. But come back to your question, Thomas. I really like the term empowered or evolved alpha. The way that Lewis Howes describes it in the book is really what I strive to be in a lot of different situations. Trying to be the person that if I am in some type of leadership position or I have responsibility for something, I want to be the type of person or leader who puts an idea out there, but also wants to get the opinions of others. In the book, he talks about Alanis Morissette again, and she's the one who coined the phrase empowered alpha. And when she's describing what an empowered alpha looks like, She says, this is something that an empowered alpha would say. Here's what I'd want. Here's what I'd like to do. Here's the mission. How do you feel about that? Mm. And then the people listening or following or the betas will say genius or maybe let's tweak that a little bit or not feeling so good about that. And I really related to that dynamic of the terms alpha and beta male because that's those types of leaders who want the opinions and thoughts of others and take that into consideration. Those are the people that I look up to and I respect a lot more than the person who just has to get his own point across. And I've seen that a lot in the workplace with different bosses. The bosses that I enjoyed working the most with are people who 
respect the opinions of others and mm-hmm. ask for their thoughts. Yeah. And they just, they build people up around them, empower them. Yeah. They're leading by example, but also they respect the people around them and value their opinions. Yeah. A lot of men think being a leader is all about getting all the respect and being able to call the shots. When I think what you're mentioning is the guy who's willing to be thoughtful enough to put in all that work to understand people and then make the right decision and really be the one to sacrifice in the group rather than, you know, try to take all the glory for themselves. I think that's a great point. You know, is, is the alpha and beta male thing even productive? Do you guys think, or is that just something that divides people? I kind of, I kind of don't even like it. I I'd rather not even have that designation. I think I don't like it. Yeah. Like there's certain places in life where maybe you're a, a, a natural leader and then there's other places where maybe you let other people take the lead. And I don't think you have to identify as one or the other all the time. I think it just kind of puts people into a box and makes people feel good or bad or whatever. I didn't even hear about yeah. the word beta until literally like a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's gotten more popular. I don't go around and I think like, I like put people into these boxes. Yeah. I don't ever think about it outside of like, if I'm listening to a podcast and it pops up or like, oh yeah, people think about that. (laughs) Like (laughs) running around thinking that person's an alpha, that person's a beta, that person's a whatever, you know? Yeah. It sounds like a very like black and white self-help book. Be it, be an alpha, not a beta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like that dating book or that pickup artist book that that guy wrote <laughs> yeah. that was in in that other yeah. chapter, right? Yeah. It's it's like this is what an alpha does to get chicks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not cool, bro. <laughs> what does the beta do? I, to get I chicks? was cool, buddy. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Cut it out, Thomas. Did you hear me, Thomas? <laughs> no. Way. I said, "What is? Yeah, what does the beta do to get chicks?" <laughs> And then, I mean, honestly, then why why is it called a beta fish? Because aren't don't beta fish kind of act alpha? Yeah, beta fish implies that there is an alpha. That's fair, Ooh. right? Garrett, what, what do you got, man? Mega fish tonight. What else you got over there? He's pondering. He's thoughtful tonight. <laughs> What's that quote from Zoolander? I guess I have a lot to ponder. <laughs> the results are in, amigo. What's left to ponder? Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> Who am I? Don't know. Yeah. God? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Garrett. Sorry, dude. I don't think like, evolved alpha, empowered alpha, these terms aren't really doing much for me. I think it's more of the description the my way or the highway thinking about win-win is something I don't consider a lot like in reality, like in theory, it sounds nice. Again, I, I don't think of this mask as separate from the other eight. I think of other things that have intertwined in my life. I think of compare, we've talked about it, money, uh, job titles, those I've prioritized a little too much. For my identity because of what I shared earlier is I don't, I feel like I peaked in college. I haven't performed up to the standard that I should be performing. So if I can catch up, if I can 
be compensated to what I think I should be at this stage and age with the title that I have. Thinking of your comment, Thomas, actually what I've pondered, it was early on, you made a comment about relationships where the woman makes more than the man have higher divorce rates. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot. And I wonder if subconsciously that has affected me more than I realize. I'm not married, so I'm, I'm divorced, so I, I lose. Was that a joke? Always trying to one-up people, Adam. <laughs> um, I love you, Flash. Oh, uh, dude. So, yeah, I, I just think go. of, like, my identity doesn't need to be in being the man and being good enough because it's a never ending cycle of if I'm not comparing myself to my spouse, I'm comparing myself to other people, even some of you all who've gotten new jobs and it's like, all right, yeah, I just got a promotion or I just got like a raise. I'm just like, Oh man, shoot. Like when's the last time? Like I immediately like just think about myself. I'm like, Hey, good for you. Hey, when, Am I due for a, a promotion soon? Like, should I, you know, it's like, why, why am I like thinking about it as a competition? It's like, this is a win for my friend. This is a win for my wife that she got this job, that she has this career. It does not impact or diminish or devalue me based on what's on my W-2, what's in my bank account, what a job description or title is. And this is going back deeper to am I enough and what do we look to to define if we're enough or not? And that gets back to some spiritual topics and who is defining our true identity. Hmm. So I think, yeah, I just don't look at life. I don't I don't live my life like I want to live my life. Like the Apostle Paul says, like, I do what I don't want to do and I don't do what I want to do. It's like I want to have a win win mentality. But I practically compare and compete way more than I want to. So I do want to evolve. As I've shared earlier, there's still a lot that I need to process and, and grow in. So that's that's what I've been thinking about. Nice. I don't think this is necessarily a super healthy like comment, but have you ever flipped it around and said, like, man, I bet people probably look at me and want what I have too. <laughs> Yeah, I chuckle because I think you've said that before. And I think that is something that I struggle with at baseline of contentment and is the grass greener, uh, which is a a separate topic. But life would be better if I had X or am I missing out on something if I had Y? So I think, yeah, I, I do think, though, I would agree with you that that question is not helpful because what I'm trying to grow in is... This, the life that I'm living, the job, the title, whatever, this is like what God has like ordained over me. Mm-hmm. Being content with that and not being ungrateful yeah. or dissatisfied. Not that being dis, it's like, hey, I, I'm not being passionate, right? Like it's, it's not wrong to want to win or pursue things, be ambitious, but it's when it's taken to extremes and when I have resentment or selfishness, I'm, I'm self seeking and not 
focusing on the other person and congratulating them and their accomplishment, but immediately turning it around. And when am I due for a raise? Like things like that. So I don't think that's helpful of do other people want to be in my shoes because, well, Hey, as much as you have for the reflection, you're one of one, man. God said, (laughs) I want one of those. And it's your story. Just like you said, that's what he ordained over your life that, and this is all a part of your story. And, there's great redemption and growth through it. And it's, it's exciting to see all of our stories and everything that we've laid out. I think this is our last real mask, everything that we've laid out over all of these masks and just how we can pull from uh, yeah different masks and different stories of our lives and help that be redemption for each other. It's also, it's also not forget that there is meaning and suffering. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Back to Victor. Vic- mm, Victor man. Frankel. Victor Frankel, the OG. So good. It's good. Yeah, that's that's a great point. I love that, Fles. Yeah. That's it for this week's episode of the Books Brothers podcast. Since this chapter covered the ninth and final Mask of Masculinity, we'll take next week to discuss the book as a whole. Again, we're so grateful that you've joined us as we hang out and discuss things that make a difference in our lives and relationships. Finally, we'd love to hear from you. If you were challenged by our conversation or have any questions or feedback, email us at connect at booksbrotherspodcast.com. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Until then, read, reflect, and connect.